All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Rising Suns podcast. As always, it's good to be here with uh, my brother, Luke. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Look at us. We're, we're getting back into the swing of things. I know, three episodes in a row. That's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, we, we can maintain a schedule when there's no major life events. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so for today's... We're doing good right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing good. Knock on wood. We weren't like Dad that had the deer hit his car, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Freaking safari zone he has there at work. Oh, my gosh. So... Today's topic will be something probably everyone's familiar with by this point, because it has definitely gone mainstream, so to speak, are board games. Uh, Just to give an idea of what we'll be focusing on as a board game. Uh, Obviously, if it has a board that you play on with pieces, whether that's little wooden pieces like meeples or maybe little figures or miniatures, or maybe it's just a, uh, you know, a metal object like a shoe you have on Monopoly. Mm. Generally, you're playing something and doing something with the board, and then there's various other objects you can have around it. We're going to actually include some card games as well to be considered as board games, mainly because they're usually played on the table for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, games such as like Apples to Apples. Um, I know some people have heard about exploding kittens, but we'll be excluding what what would be a normal card game, like using a normal uh, 52 card four suit deck, for instance, because um, that could have its own topic on itself with all the different variations that you can play with. A oh, card. for sure. <laughs> and I know from Boy Scouts, we definitely have a bunch like screw Egyptian rat screws. Awful. I never liked that game. I was always yeah. bad at it. <laughs> But um, um what we will exclude, good. yeah, spades is good. I've actually played that with Dad and Cribbage, but we will be excluding collectible card games like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon. It's definitely so, its own topic, its own. Yeah, in in and of itself, thing. with how those games came to be, how they're currently going, and some people play those games as a lifestyle, where it's like apples to apples is a box that you buy, and the cards you got in there are usually it. Maybe a couple expansions or whatnot, but it doesn't change how the game is played. There's no like. Yeah, and you're not building your own deck. No, you just use the bits and bobs in the box. And then we'll exclude miniature war games like Warhammer, we've talked about, where that's variable based off of how big of a game you want to play. And that uses the table with a lot of different. Things you can build on top tabletop of that. game versus board game. Yeah, yeah. There's a board in between the player and <laughs> the table. The table. That's a, that's a really good way to put it, Wyatt. Is there a board between you and the table? Then you're playing a board game. Probably. Probably. <laughs> so with little asterisks at the end of it. Yeah, with the caveats we've already. These mentioned. following exceptions. <laughs> That's just the English language, though, in general. Yes. (laughs) So we'll start with the classics probably everyone's heard of from Milton Bradley. Everyone knows of Monopoly, Sorry, Risk. You know, Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever played a game of Sorry. I don't think I've actually ever sat down. Oh, you know what? The game Sorry. We never played Sorry. We had Trouble. That's what we had with Little Bubble Trouble was good. Oh, I, dude, yeah, I was I thinking about, about that trouble. all week and I had no idea what it was. But but yeah, I was like, I know it's not sorry, but that'll jog our memories. Yeah, you know so... what, another uh, quote unquote, like mainstay board game that I've never, ever played is uh, Parcheesi. Oh, I have played Cheesy. Clue. You, you have one up over me. I, I've actually never played Clue. I just know all the memes about it. Yeah, Colonel, Colonel it Mustard with the... <laughs> the candle bra in the living room or something yeah it's it's basically like mafia ah in a way, in a way i think yeah similar except um, you don't even know if you're the killer yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> unlike mafia i don't know if you know some people disassociate and like you know multiple personality disorder 
Yeah. So you, you might not know that you are the killer. Right. You don't know. You could plead insanity in court. This game, yeah, I'm pleading. Imagine a game that like you like went through all those steps. <laughs> uh, there's actually a board game that came out recently called Lawyer Up, where you can do a whole prosecution. Viz, viz, like one's the, the things, prosecutor, one's the uh, defense attorney. If it's if it's a thing and people do it, it people want to simulate it. Yeah. And uh, if there's but, an activity that people do in this world, there's another separate group of people who want to simulate said activity. That's arm sure. simulator, anyone? Oh, geez, that's <laughs> a whole that's a whole video game category in of itself. Uh, Football manager, twenty twenty three. Yeah. But um the reason why I call, you know, those are classics, right? Monopoly yeah, what is it? First came around like what in the fifties, I think. Uh the the irony of the game is it's supposed to teach teach you to hate capitalism and the game was such a runaway success, it's it's been like a number one example how you can get money off of capitalism <laughs> by making a game people like to play. Now I'll say Monopoly has a little bit more standing power than some really simple kids games like Candyland. Uh, you're not really playing a game. It's just gambling to see who's going to win because it's just based off of drawing the deck. Exactly. Oh, who's going to who who's the RNG God going to bless today? It's a safe version of Russian roulette, folks, where you can, <laughs> you can play again every time, no matter how. Without you a lose. firearm. Without a firearm. No firearms can, needed. You can almost get to the candy castle, but then you draw the card for the plum tree guy, and you have to go all the way back to the start. <laughs> or the worst is when you get like, I think like the candy cane forest is really far in advance. You draw that, then you draw the plum tree guy, and you get sent all the way back after you're forward. Oh my gosh, yeah. But you know, we actually had a really fancy version of Candyland. Like we had it in that nice tin. It was actually those really good looking miniatures. The board was actually pretty nice looking. Limited edition. Compared to like what the standard Candylands you get where mostly it's like little plastic thin standees. Mm. Um Boy, do we do we like our premium products, the Raymond Brothers? Oh yeah. Uh, but um, I know it <laughs> shoots and ladders, right? The game of let's roll the die and see whether or not you really wanted that six. <laughs> That's funny. I know, freaking, yeah, dude, shoots and ladders. That's a freaking. That's another tough game because, like, you know, you're almost there at the end. And you just get the shoot that takes you all the way back to freaking square two. And, uh, you know, might as well just want to flip the game. You know, it's we're all thinking of, uh, you know, eels and escalators from SpongeBob. And I think why everyone, you know, thinks that is so hilarious is because, like, you know, that's just that's just how it is. You know, what? What's of course, awful? that whole episode's pretty funny, too. <laughs> oh, the freaking the cursing episode. Yeah. Did yeah. you know they actually like recorded them actually like uh, cursing when they were like? Oh, so they doing could it? actually do the censors for real. Yeah, and then they <laughs> and then they just like you know actually put the uh, you know the audio over it. Wow, dude, that'd be pretty the... funny, man, to get those freaking like uh, unedited. Yeah, just the raw video clips. file. Oh yeah, that'd be dude, pretty man. Funny. Back in the day when people had fun making cartoons, can you imagine? <laughs> but uh i just it's funny we call those simple child board games even a game when it's almost the equivalent of just sticking your kid with an ipad and letting him just look at uh iphone advertisements like for iphone games and thinking he's playing a game because that's like the same capability that you have. say it's like <laughs> I mean, you got to start somewhere, you know, you can't sit a kid down in front of freaking Axis and Allies well, and no. expect them to figure it out. You know, like it teaches you the whole concept of playing a board game, you know, so it's like, 
you when you're really little, you know, three, four, five, six, you know, what have you, you're, and you're out there playing your candy lands and your shoots and ladders and what have you. It's like, you know, the idea of, okay, it's my turn. I do move my pieces on my turn. I roll dice on my turn. I do game thing, you know, like, it's like, it's like a board game tutorial. It's like a building block. It's a start. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely think they have their place. I definitely think they're not like just, you know, completely useless, but obviously, you know, if you're freaking, you know, older than the age of 10 and you're like playing Candyland, you're probably going to get pretty freaking bored pretty quick. So I don't know. I think they have their place in the market. I I think well, I do agree the actual game loop is pretty it is pretty simple but you know we 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 got to remember kids are kids. Kids are way. kids but kids aren't stupid. You, you know, you can watch you can put yeah. them in front of a bad you can put them in front of a bad children's movie that doesn't make the movie any better. The fact if you say kids can be entertained by anything doesn't mean you need to have them get entertained by schlock. Yeah, but kids were kids are entertained. By Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. Kids yeah. are entertained by that. For us, though, the entertainment came from more of just the interaction with the with the kids you were playing with. Exactly. Really That's the <laughs> point of the game, Luke, to sit down and play a game with it's other just, people. It's just facilitating the interaction. Yes! What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I'd rather, I'd rather play tag than that. Well, then do that. Some kids would rather play tag. So, you know, it's raining outside. You know, you can't always play tag. I don't know. Dude, you're talking to talking to two guys that started Warhammer when they were 8 and 10. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't think we're... I don't know. <laughs> you gotta remember, you know, kids... I'm just saying, there's a reason why these things sell, Luke. It's not like, well, kids don't like them. Consumers aren't the general consumer is usually not very smart. So that's that's a whole argument itself. Things selling well doesn't mean it's a good product. But... Sounds good to the shareholders. <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's that's that's why every triple. Are we really making this product for? We making it for the freaking idiot consumer? Are we trying to get some damn freaking money in our pocket? Nah, we're gonna make it for the eighty-year-old grandma who's like, "Oh, this would be great for little Timmy." Oh my gosh, that's so it. true. That's so and true. Little Timmy gets it, and half the time, little Timmy's like, "What is this shit?" I know. I don't want to play this. It's it's a dang shame because you know, grandma doesn't mean any ill. She wants to get something good for little Timmy. Grandma doesn't know. <laughs> but nah, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a fair point. Some games. Do have some enjoyment. I will give Monopoly credit that it can be fun as long as it doesn't end up five hours. Because the problem yeah. is, some people add stupid house rules to games that make them last forever. Like the whole free parking gets you the money that's been taxed from everybody. That's a that's a house rule. That's not supposed to exist. I know. Free parking is literally nothing happens. <laughs> but a game I have enjoyed and actually haven't played in a long time because at least it kind of it was part of the flair of the board do you remember the vampire hunters game yes the uh the little uv light yes like ir light that um, well, I, I actually played that recently yeah it's just roommates. a red and blue light yeah it's like kind of, it's not 3d but it's like the same kind of thing where half the board half the images shine in red light half the images shine in blue light yeah no i definitely that's a really cool board game and that has a lot of crunch to it and so yeah i definitely well see a game like that you can still teach a five-year-old to play and the five-year-old still has agency exactly. on what to do it's not just mindlessly oh do this it's like okay timmy you rolled a three where do you want to move on the board mm -hmm. do you want to try and go around or you want to Push your luck and see what's on that spooky tile. There could be something there. There couldn't be anything. So for the audience, based on whether or not it was day or night, monsters would appear on certain tiles. So usually during the daytime, a lot of the monsters weren't there, or maybe it was a villager. So you could move through them without getting into a fight with that monster. But 
if it turned to nighttime, then you'd have to fight that monster if you've revealed it. Sometimes on someone else's turn, if you were on what would be normally an empty tile and it shifted to night, then that could screw you over and you'd have to do a fight and then go back. Um, and there was also another thing to consider because you're trying to get the weapons to kill Dracula. You needed like mm -hmm. a steak, uh, garlic. Yeah, because um, that gave you a reason to not just blow through the freaking rooms and yeah. run to the end like a freaking crazy person. See, that's a simple game, but that still like teaches you, I don't know, how how to actually play and use your no, own. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I see what you're saying. <laughs> But, you know, but, unfortunately, not everyone really has an interest in games like that. That's not it's not a universal trait, unfortunately. Yeah. I think a lot of people like Candyland and all that stuff because it's just, like, for, for I don't me, know. For me, I'm not friends with those kind of people. Well, I'm not friends with them either, you know. I'm just saying <laughs> they're probably out there. I, you know, I'm not out here playing I'm Candyland. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not out here playing Candyland anymore myself. I'm probably um, gonna have to buy one eventually. Play but, with Charlotte. Um, <laughs> just but make sure you get her a cool one though. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll be doing that too. <laughs> if you're gonna be playing a boring game, it has to look cool. I gotcha. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get, get her premium Candyland. Again. I'm not gonna waste a whole lot of time. We'll get her playing Hero Quest too. Oh yeah, dude! Hero Quest, Hero Escape. There we go. Oh, and before we go down this this trail, because once we go, we're not gonna be able to turn around. I just want to yeah. say, when you brought up the Dracula game, you unlocked another memory in my yeah, mind. Man. Remember the Bionicle board I was game? Gonna, I was gonna bring that up. I don't think we ever finished the Bionicle. That board was a game. pretty crazy. Because... I mean. It was a simple mechanic, but it was like a huge map, and it was a whole like. Because you explored the whole island of Matu Nui. I know it's pretty crazy. Look at me cool. flexing, flexing my Generation One. <laughs> I know. Uh, what was the guy's name? Obo Shoes. Obo Shoes Gaming. Have no, what was the yet? bad guy's name? Makuda. Oh yeah. He's just a rock with an angry face. Remember that? <laughs> that was like the original Makuda before he became like the big bug thing. Really? Yeah, it was like That's this crazy. angry look here. Like, I know the viewer can't see it, but I'm gonna pull up a picture for you anyway. But yeah, so folks uh, listening, um, you would have dice rolls, right, to just determine how far along you can move. But then there were monster tokens that would impede your path, and you wouldn't know how powerful they were until you flipped them over. And then how did the how did like the combat challenge go? Did did you have to? Um, so you had, yeah, you had so you, much strength based off of what you're picking up from the map. Yeah. So you would land on a certain chip and like certain parts of the map had certain monsters that were stronger. And, um, basically I think you'd roll a die and then you'd pick up the little blip. And if your die was like higher than that number, you beat the monster. If it wasn't, you had to like, like lose your turn or something like that. Okay. And then there was also two like artifacts you, or uh, uh the other masks. You'd find the other masks. Ah, uh, yeah, the hero masks for the Toas. Certain ones would give you better, like a better die roll, because there was three okay. dies in the box. You had a six sided, eight side, and twelve side. So that was like okay. the first time I'd ever seen something that wasn't a six sided die. So. Oh yeah, you're right. Wow, dude, you can actually free, this game free D and D. So Quest for Makuta, Bionicle adventure game. Get it for $10. Oh, yeah, and the standees were like those acrylic pieces, too. That yeah. Was, that was actually a cool production quality game. It was. It was, a, it was you build that map out where you're on it? Dude, Bionicle, man. I just... It's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. It really is. I don't even remember the rock. Yeah, I remember so most funny. of the uh because they gave him like a personality before he was a bug at least first, but <laughs> yeah. that's so dumb. Um, do you remember the uh, Lego board game we had where you would actually build your creation? Oh yes, board? that was ended, a good game. We ended up selling that in a yard sale. I made five dollars off of it. Very proud oh my of myself. Gosh, why did we I, sell that game? I, I don't know. That was a good I, I, game. That was a really cool game because you like you got your little thing. And you had to like collect the bricks and whoever built their thing first. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you each had a different kit. Um, So again, like that's a cool kids game, like easily. And I know Lego actually did a bunch. They did a little board game run for a little bit, but I never got super. Yeah. Their last set of the board games was when they started doing the micro figures. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Little games. That's what I'm saying. but uh, I think it's fully died out in terms of the board games because, uh, you know, yeah, I don't their, see their main market are model kits, not really games mm-hmm. to play with the model kits. But no, dude, early 2000s was great for the Lego board games. And on a similar thing with the Bionicle, do you remember that Pokemon Master game we always had? Yes, that was another like really expansive yeah, so you went all over yeah. the map of Johto if people played the original Generation 1, either the you know red and blue or the uh, fire red, leaf green, and any of the remasters. Um, and you would start with your starter Pokemon, and you would start collecting Pokemon as you fought and battled them as you go through the areas that you normally would in the game, starting from Pallet Town. And... Um, I know that was another game. It took a while to set up because you had to put all the chips out because there's like, I don't know, like a hundred oh, yeah. fucking chips. Well, it was 150 chips probably for every freaking Pokemon. It wasn't every Pokemon, but it was close. Oh, okay. Um, I remember we tried playing it once at the Babysitters and I don't think we got that far beyond setting it up. I know. We, we never so took funny. into account the setup time. We always knew, like, yeah, this is how long it should take to play. But the, man, that's the that's the thing with some of the all the newer games is man, there's a lot of a lot of setup because there's a lot know, of and like a lot of things you just need to know. Yeah, it's like your point with Axis and Allies. That's an hour in of itself just setting oh up the whole gosh. map. Yeah, you could maybe cut that in half if you know what you're supposed to put out in every country. Mm-hmm. Um, hit the start uh how many times did we play that together did we, did we get like not a lot we played it a handful of times i think uh definitely i played probably like the super versions oh uh, yeah i've never it. played it like that I, i've seen it oh. set up i've witnessed it but <laughs> i've never i've never played where you combine the two boards together yeah from, uh... we, we we played with dad too on axis and allies right yeah, I'm sure we did at least once. Okay. But we were using that old school version that you... We we still have that. I think that's at their house. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have it on hand, but uh yeah, that's the standard. If people have seen Axis and Allies, that's the common one everyone thinks of. Mm-hmm. The ones I alluded to is like the premium version that Hasbro released back in like the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. So I was back in college. Um I ended up buying a couple of them before they started going out of production and got really expensive to find where you take the regular axis and allies map now zoom it in and now you have four boards four big boards because each each box comes with two separate boards that fold out so you have eight boards total to put out uh, and so zoomed in right because if you remember china was only two regions with like the u.s on it well, mm-hmm. in, the, in this big board, you actually have China as their own army, and the the whole mainland of China is like twelve provinces. So yeah, that's if, crazy. And if that what gives you an idea of how big the map is now, because Europe, you, you can't just cross Europe in like two turns anymore. Um, you know, Ukraine actually has multiple areas because that place is big. You know, Russia is not three spaces away from the German front anymore to get into the capital and shut down their production. Um, that is a weighty game. Like that's a game that you have to wait for a kid to be at least 10 or 12. So you can, Oh yeah. There's they actually have the capacity on. to understand what they need to think about on a turn. <laughs> um, but uh, risk I thought was always fun enough. Oh, as yeah. long as, as long as you got it done within about two hours. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just dependent on the dice, because I know we've both played games where there's a rags is a stalemate. Yeah, because the, the dice just aren't cooperating. Or like mm-hmm. someone has an army of 50 guys and they get stopped by two guys protecting a region. Because <laughs> Defender always takes over ties, so it's like the yeah. attacker keeps losing. 
And, and uh, it almost becomes the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, I want this dang region, man. Give me Australia, you bastard, because you can always just camp in Australia. <laughs> there's just one way in and out. Exactly. You got to freaking hold that bottleneck. And then you can just you can just survive for like four hours. Well, exactly. You have like so, one territory left. What's what's <laughs> funny, right? Because, you know, risk is one of those properties where everyone and their uncle has a version on it based off all the popular intellectual mm -hmm. properties. Um, we actually had that variation of risk 2042. That yes, that was pretty risk. cool. That was cool because I liked how the game was always set up for folks that have haven't played it or heard of it. You can actually still get it because it's periodically re-released by Hasbro because uh, of its popularity. And um, it's five turns. Everyone gets five turns, and mm -hmm. then at the end of that, that's when you tally up your. And there's a variety of things now because every turn, in addition to troops, you actually get money to buy either secret trap cards that will deploy troops when someone attacks one of your regions. Or you can go to the moon. You go to the moon, go into the ocean. water. Um, you had different. You can buy heroes. Yeah, yeah, the commanders yeah. are cool. So yeah, I thought was that was really cool because it it gave you a lot of options, and the games never felt the same either. Because just mm -hmm. like normal risk, everyone would randomly pick where they wanted to go or or set up based on what you wanted to do for the um, setup rules. Mm -hmm. But and even on the smaller boards with only two people, you actually would set up what would be neutral people. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like a quick, oh, I'm just going to take over this whole continent kind of thing. Yeah. You're not going to stop me. So. Yeah, I definitely I like, think like neutral, like unoccupied forces are, are definitely a good thing to add. Because like you said, it keeps people from just kind of like steamrolling the whole board right in the beginning. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And I always liked that I, I heard a comment like once I remember reading or heard it from a video. The more you make it not like normal risks, the more fun the game ends up being. Yeah. So it was like a couple versions of risk I have. I have Lord of the Rings risk. I have mm -hmm. a uh, medieval version of risk where you're playing like in Europe, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, having all their own spins, not just be what the regular risk is. It, it really avoids that whole getting bogged down. And it's just up to the dice. Your, your choices matter more than what the dice results end up. Being. Exactly. So, what, yeah, you got to add in that that user generated. Input. Now, a game I don't like, and like a, it's always a common like bring up. It's like, well, you play board games. Do you do you want to play Catan? I'm like, no. Catan's like a great entryway into board games, even more so than maybe the other ones we've talked about beyond Risk and Monopoly. I'd really? Say. So you're 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 over Settlers of Catan? I've been over Settlers of Catan for like a decade, uh, because. It's a very swingy game that's really dependent on, again, who places where first. And even if you're on the regions that... So for folks that don't know what Catan is, you have different resources on this island that you're setting up with. And you're competing with other players to get resources to build towns and cities. And eventually, once you have enough of those, as well as like a few other development cards, you, get, you, you win. You get the points to win. See, I remember when 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 we first discovered Settlers of Catan, and this was back before it had this its big popularity boost. Because I remember, Luke, didn't you have to like order it like from like some guy in Europe or something like that? Because they weren't even selling it in the states at the time, weren't they? Yeah, because the game's originally made from a a German developer, so it's mm -hmm. a big it's a big European title, and that's why it's. You know, this whole section of what a euro is, uh, we'll get into that for categories because board games nowadays are so many, but with common themes, they have certain uh, categories. They give you an idea based off of what you like to play. You could look at that category. But um, yeah, I, I picked it up from Boy Scouts during mm -hmm. one of the makeup weeks because we or myself i don't know if we both went we went to one of the alternate camps whether it was no yeah i think i was there and it was like so, the provisional camp where they... yeah yeah so you remember the crazy troop leader yes. guy we had get all your chobacos onward and i, I remember he got yelled at once during one of our retreats for um 
making too much of a ruckus while we were in yeah. formation or something. That guy was that a was, nut job. That was, that, was a, that was crazy. Thing. It was entertaining for sure. It was it was very you I no learned a lot of what, what not to do as a Sweeney patrol leader. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> That's for sure. And the adults that were there for the provisional troop that uh volunteered, you know, basically yeah. chaperone the kids because for uh folks that don't know the last week of a lot of summer camps for Boy Scouts, they will offer a combined troop. So in one campsite, if you don't have enough to have your own campsite, you'll go into this provisional troop they'll make up for that week. Mm -hmm. So stragglers and whatnot. Um, if you have a troop that's not very big to begin with, and a lot of folks don't like going to scout camp, which is weird if you're in Boy yeah. Scouts, you know, go to scout camp. Uh, you like can get lumped in. Part of scouts. Yeah. Or like us, where we would um, on a every other year basis, our troop would go exploring and go visit other camps on the mm -hmm. East Coast. Um, and, but we would still like to go back to our home camp in Horseshoe. Uh, we would go during that provisional week. I think we only yeah. did it the one time, if I'm being honest. I, I doing it twice. think so, too. I, I only did it once. And. Because yeah. I think I was able, we were able to make our standard week that we would do it the other times. Yeah. Um, it just had to do with scheduling for one reason or another. But yeah, so there's adults, those four adults, they were playing Catan. And I, I watched and I learned how to play just watching them play. And um, I thought it was so cool because, you know, there's things to think about and what to do and a lot of negotiating. So you do roll dice to determine where on the board something's produced, whether it's uh, livestock, whether it's ore from the mountains, um, clay in order to make bricks, and then wood from the forest. Mm -hmm. And that's based off of where you're putting your settlements on the map. But like I said at the beginning, it's a, it's a game that can be really swingy because there's number tokens to tell you if that number's rolled, it's something produced. So you want to put stuff on a six or an eight because those are the most common ones, but the, the dice could just hate you. The, the guy that's set up over in the mounds for some stupid reason that only gets stuff on a 12, a, a 12 keeps getting rolled three times in a row. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, on top of that, if you're playing with guys that just want to screw you, they don't have to trade with you at all. And half the game is making trade so you can build what you need in order yeah. to win the game. So. I, I grew out of it pretty fast because since it's a popular board game for a lot of people just starting with board games beyond a lot of the classics we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, I, I got bored of it fast. It's like I already kind of knew everything you could do, but yeah, plans don't really matter much unless of how the dice are going. <laughs> um, it's understandable. And ironically, even though there's the, the, the dicing really control a lot of what happens with the game is still considered a euro mm -hmm. um so for our listeners there's kind of three main categories of what we would define board games today euros are defined as usually something you're trying to build a point engine to so by doing this particular thing you get a point and eventually you'll, you'll get all the points as you're playing the game and once someone's first to get the score total to be like 10 or whatnot, 10, 20, you win the game. And Woo! my my problem with Euros is half the time you're playing a game against yourself because there's not very much interaction with other people going on on the board. Everyone can be doing their own thing and win the game that way without doing any interaction with anyone else that's playing. Oh, and yeah, that's tough. And for me, I, I, I find that kind of boring. I know there's a lot of strategy to the engine building and building your strategy around it. But um, I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't really build a cool story that way. It's kind of very computerized and ends up being mm -hmm. soulless. So, well, yeah, because it's like, if you're going to try and em emulate a video game so much, just, just, just play, play a video, video game. game. Like, yeah, like... You, don't, you don't need to take an hour of my time to, you know, play against yourself essentially while I'm trying to play the game for the first time. You play it times, so you know the perfect way. Now, it's... granted, some euros 
that have the good interaction with other players like ticket to rides cool because you can the way you build around the map you're trying to build your rail stations you can mm. block people off okay um, now katan i'll give it to this credit you can block people based on where you're placing your buildings as you're building on the map mm-hmm. so i think any game that allows people to have good interaction with the other players is a game that's worth playing if it's a For game sure. that you could basically play on your own and it's a race to who's going to get the most points the fastest without interacting with anybody else. <laughs> that's not something I would like to play. Uh, that's um, there's some recent games that I would like to try that are technically considered euros, but they're, they're more of a, they, they have the spectacle in addition to the mechanics to it that are minimized and randomness. There's not much rolling going on, but um, you get so many, points every round to make actions on the board mm-hmm. and then based on what you're doing with conquering areas or there's cards that you can buy that will influence an action when someone else is on another part of the board i i think that's cool to do mm-hmm. because again there's not as much randomness that euros try to exclude because there's really there's no dice rolling at all um yeah with with what even these dudes on the map unlike risk where it's all dice rolling is where all the outcomes are done this is based off of a lot of your decisions and like fake outs and whatnot and mm-hmm. you know haggling with other people saying hey man please don't attack me i won't attack you kind of thing i'm just gonna go over here and do my own thing he's like yeah sure brah and then you play card going psych i laid a trap over there screw you man kind of thing and then you um, just ruined your friendship. And you just ruined your friendship. No, At that's just cost. Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, one game that I know was just, it wasn't a die, but it was a spinner. Because I'm going to take a step back. The Game of Life, I thought oh, it was yeah. funny. That was a good game. That was just building a story based off of all the dumb things you would land on. Mm-hmm. And I think... Funnily enough, after we played it enough times, we both realized that you shouldn't go to college because you're more likely to just get a higher paying job by chance than it is to have the choice for two cards to to get a salary job. That's yeah, well, fun. there were some. Yeah, but the highest paying jobs you you needed a degree for. But you could earn them later with other events. You didn't necessarily need a degree. Oh, really? It's just like real life. Yeah, if you just knew somebody, you could end up with that job. Or, oh, well, I remember there was a thing called night school, and it just automatically yeah. gave you a better job. Yeah. Or there was a card you can steal someone's salary. So someone that did go to college, and you didn't, as a hairstylist, for instance, versus, like, a big computer programmer, uh-huh. you could swap the salaries. You can steal, like, his 90000 and give him your 20000 Yeah. That was pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the biggest joke, too, people that ever played it, there's a little life events when you have kids. So you get these little studs that you put in your car. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you get really unlucky or fortunate based on how you look at it, um, it's usually good in the game because you got a lot of bonus money, Dan, for having the kids. Mm-hmm. But um, you could end up having so many kids, there's not enough holes in the car anymore to plug them in. So you yeah. just have to start piling them on. <laughs> That's but, pretty funny. Have a whole litter. Yeah, and if if you haven't noticed, I'm more of a guy where like theme matters. If I can have a good story and it's like fun to play with, well, with people, I, that's, Luke, that's... I think I have a game for you that I want to talk about. Uh-oh. That is, I think, um, very, very, uh, very. I kind of. I'm sorry. I'm 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 losing my words here. I think it sums up the whole theme is king. Yeah, and I think it's uh, Hero Quest. If I'm being honest myself, Hero Quest. Yeah, and what's crazy about the game Hero Quest? It's like we missed it. Realistically, you know, we uh, were about a decade late. You know, yeah. as far as being kids, unfortunately, and, and a dollar time, short. And oh, many, many, many dollars short by the time we figured <laughs> out what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just seemed like the coolest game ever. It's like. All, it's like you're doing Dungeons and Dragons, but it's on a board and there's miniatures and it's not there's not all these crazy rules and stuff you have to know beforehand. There's like that right amount of depth where you can kind of hop in and play, but it's not like you're committing to this like long, you know, slog of an event. So 
and then we have been lucky recently um, through the use of crowdfunding. Uh, crowdfunding, you know, refer to episode uh, one, crowdfunding. And um, callbacks, baby. You know, they re released it, HeroQuest. So I was finally able to buy my own copy of the game and, you know, been playing it and uh, played uh, through the first, you know, several quests with with uh, Hope and, and Luke a couple times. I think Luke's played it once. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a great game. You know, definitely it's not super technical, you know, not, not a whole, not crazy strategy but there's definitely enough there to make it just a fun entertaining game you know just i'm gonna bring say everyone this. together there there is a mission where you have to save somebody in the dungeon mm -hmm. and this is the game i played with white and hope and mm -hmm. we uh oh we did a big gamble because first of all uh we we didn't we didn't really get the chance to explore too much. We actually came across our our guy we were supposed to save pretty quickly. So doesn't always happen. Doesn't always happen. <laughs> like but you know that's just that's what's kind of fun about playing these games. You get a different story every time you play it, and it raised the alarm to everyone else that was in the dungeon that we didn't clear out, and it oh was gosh. it was quite a lot. It was like the and, entire horde. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually had the smart idea because, uh, you know, you, you get a standard fantasy adventure party. You know, you get a wizard, you have you have your barbarian, you have your guy that's pretty tanky so he can take damage and dish mm -hmm. some out. And then uh, one person that kind of dabbles in, in a couple things. So the wizard gets a lot of spells to choose from. Mm -hmm. And one of them lets you walk through walls for a turn. Oh, and yeah. My idea was like... Well, we're actually pretty close to where we started to get out, so we'll just do that on our wounded guy who moves very slowly, and yes. we're going to run into everybody if we go by the yes. normal route to get out. So we cast it on him. He makes it out, but he stumbled a bit, so he, like a roll, he rolled low, so he just got enough to get into the hallway yeah. where he needed to get. But, oh no. The other monsters were coming up on him quick, so it's like we had to make a huge dash to try and put our insert ourselves between the two, mm -hmm. and um, it was it was razor thin because he came close to dying. Uh, they were starting to really bear down on us, and we I I'm actually impressed we got all four of the party members out before any anyone fell or whatnot. So, but you know, yeah, if you haven't found found out yet me and Wyatt are big nerds yeah big, uh, big that's, i don't think mind. that's a secret yeah. <laughs> and it's it's definitely more of like if you can tell a story from the game we play that's what our biggest outcome is from exactly uh, especially like when we play whole... warhammer nowadays a lot of times it's not about who won afterwards it's like kind of the story that was formed when we were playing the game and that's the mm -hmm. fun part to talk about so exactly because that's really that's how I view these games. It's a way, it's a vessel to just experience a story with multiple people. You know, I think that, my cool. friends, uh, I don't know why it's termed this way, but a game like Hero Quest, a game like Risk, they're they're called Ameritrash games. Where well, it's obviously it's... Europeans who came up with that name. Yeah, it convention. is. It is. Because they they say they think it's like a trash pile of dice. Sometimes a lot of dice is a lot of dice rolling happens. You have a lot rolling of rolling dice cool is fun. Stuff. Yeah, rolling dice is fun. All right, especially when you're rolling different kinds of dice. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it gives you options fun. and it and it makes a degree of um, difference when when you have games that do that. Something that I I really wish Warhammer did by this time. I I am surprised they stayed stuck to the D6 system um of dice rolling uh but that's a whole other topic in and of itself but uh <laughs> no, another game people have probably seen because it's just been so popular ever since its inception is zombie side and that's a cooperative game and that's something i think ameritrash really shines because a lot of a lot of board games now are actually cooperative so you're playing against a what's like a programmed enemy things will do non-human intelligence 
non-human intelligence. I borrowed yeah. that from uh, the UFO community. <laughs> okay, that is as a new term I've NHI. never heard of before. NHI. Oh my god, they're out there. That's another episode, by the way. Dude, aliens will be another episode. I will. Not even just aliens. I'm talking just just straight up UAP, UFO. Like we're sticking <laughs> to the facts. <laughs> all right, all right. No bullshit on the Rising Suns podcast. No. If you this want bullshit that, free. No conjecture here. No, we only talk about cold hard facts. What's real, and everything we say is fact. Remember that. <laughs> this is the internet. You can't lie to people on the internet. No, no. The FBI will come down, knock your door down now. Well, well that's if you're telling the wrong lie. But we're not lying at all. What are you talking about? Uh, exactly. There's no <laughs> lying here. But um, anyways, <laughs> that that the programmed opponent, so to speak, the non-human uh, intelligence, non-human intelligence. We'll, we'll use that. Uh, and NHI, <laughs> that it will do certain actions on the board. So you know, you're not playing against an intelligent opponent as opposed to hero quest where the bad guys are played by zargon yes or um who is the kind of analog yes yes a dungeon master per se or game master if you want a uh, system neutral term oh <laughs> dude i have a really cool game called alone that i got mm -hmm. it's uh it's actually a hero versus multiple dungeon masters oh kind of yeah it's uh I think it'd be an interesting game for like me against you and Hope, for instance. Yeah. Um, that'd be really cool to play because it's actually kind of the perspective of kind of like Dead Space, where you're on a, an abandoned space station, you're trying mm -hmm. to um complete a few objectives and trying to escape. And there's limited visibility. So as you're moving through the board, tiles disappear because you don't keep a map, but the uh the dungeon masters you're playing against there's there's like a term for the, the trap masters or something like that your, yeah. your opponents they have a map of the whole station and they okay. know where they're lying where they're preparing things to try and trip you up where mm -hmm. to set monsters up hoping you'll go down there and run into them and then of course control the monsters when you see them and start fighting yeah and see uh, and that's definitely an interesting game where you know the people playing the bad guys are actually like trying to win where it's funny when you're playing zargon and hero quest like i'm not sitting here trying not rooting for the party to, to destroy the heroes in the most brutal efficient way possible you know I, you're so i think that's kind of cool too where it's well, like you you could but you're not a, you're not a jerk well yeah and plus you know um, you know, I'm not trying to end up on the couch, you know, after playing the game with Hope, you know. <laughs> oh, and also, it's just... It's I'm just lucky like, she's playing in the first place. You know, I know. I, last thing I need to do is, you know, just completely make it unfun like that. But, no, yeah. So, I think that's cool, though. Because I'm sure the game wouldn't be fun if the, quote-unquote, uh, adversaries weren't using all their tricks on you i guess if that makes sense yeah well that's the thing you're not you're not playing to lose but you're not gonna be like really sweaty try hard to try and like i'm gonna beat you i'm gonna beat you mm -hmm. I'm gonna yeah win exactly. at all costs. of course honestly winning at all costs is really not even a desirable trait in any game honestly no but, that's just... but somehow it's very pervasive and <laughs> i don't know why people put up with it and unfortunately, those said souls don't learn that you're not going to have friends long if, if you're going to treat games like that all the time, because everyone, this is everyone's time to have fun, not not just you to demolish everybody. No, man, you know, you guys are just, you know, I'm just a competitive person. I'm just an A-type personality, okay? You guys just don't get it. Like, we That's play to win. We play to win. <laughs> that is what ruined Overwatch. People tried to make that game too competitive. 
it's in, it's in, in everything. It's 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 it, 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 it happens in everything, you know. And I get it. Competition is good. Obviously, we need competition in society. You know, I'm not saying you know everybody gets a trophy. I think all that's horseshit. Believe in me. Believe it or not. However, if you're just playing a game with your pals, or even if you're playing a game like I don't know these these board games, and um, I see it all the time on like the freaking 40k Reddit. You know, people, and I know we're not supposed to be talking about tabletop games, but it just kind of goes back to my point in general. Like, people want to, like, rules lawyer and, like, do all this stuff. To, like, well, the rules say this and I can do this. It's like, once you start rules rules lawyering the game to try and, like, give yourself an edge, it's like, step back. It's like, are you really... Like playing the game, like are you really having fun? Is I, I mean, maybe some people that's what they do. Maybe maybe lawyers like doing that. I don't know. Or maybe there are people who aren't lawyers, but they want to pretend to be a lawyer and they find that entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they. It's just I don't know. I just don't get it. The win at all costs and the whole like bending the rules. And it's like obviously you're probably playing these games. It's not like you're playing these games with strangers. You know, you're playing these games with people that you probably know and are most likely like. Well, friends with so it's like strangers is like at your local game store but like i said those those people don't find games very long. no yeah they'll quickly they act and behave that way get a no reputation play with them. yeah so and it's like me and you right we've we've had rule disagreements before but it's been like well how do we want to handle this kind of thing it's not because yeah. we're trying to one-up each other we're just like generally like huh that's a weird edge case <laughs> and what i liked about Oh man, brought up Warhammer. They're really Warhammers. It's just all like, roads lead to Warhammer. <laughs> all roads lead back to 40k. Now and forever. So, forever. <laughs> but um, it in the book, the early rule books, third and fourth edition. It oh said, yes. Roll a die, and whatever the die says, just go with that result. It's like okay, I guess we'll go with that. Just moving forward. I always love the most important rule entry. Have fun. Fun. Some people forget that one. Well, it's a notice. It's not in the current rule books anymore. So, you know, well, you, I, you, you I think forget when it's not there, I think they might've added it back in the new, I think I saw it. I don't know. Just like they added back universal special rules. Why? They oh my God. These them. are so cool. Why didn't they have these before? Oh, you sweet summer child. Oh dude. It's so weird to feel like old. It's like, I've seen this whole cycle already play out. What happened? It's pretty. Why is this repeating? <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. That's that's a good way to put it. That's a I'm very. I just optimistic. checked out of all that craziness. People are like, <laughs> it's like just play the edition of the game that you like the most. You want to talk about editions? Some games never have any different editions, like chess. Oh, time. Yeah, you know, it's like timeless. Oh my god, we can do a whole episode on chess by itself. You know, it's funny. I, I've always liked chess, but it's like, you know, we, we've I've never, never been into it. Seriously. I've never been and into it. It's always been like just pickup games with people. You yeah. Know. Uh, especially since I guess our family's all interested enough to actually learn chess because mm -hmm. that, that's not just a quick thing to pick up. There are there are rules and little caveats to keep in mind. Yeah, and, well, it's crazy because, yeah, there's like the basic rules like okay, each of these pieces can do that. But then above that, there's like so much stuff. I'm not even going to pretend to know anything about chess other than how to, other than what the each piece does. Cause yeah. there's just so much stuff. It's like, oh, it's all about your opener. And then you're, you got to anticipate your, it's like, it's really, what's really crazy about chess. Cause, because there's no randomness. You're literally waiting for your opponent to, to make a mistake. And it's like half, half <laughs> it's of that pretty game is intense. Out. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Like to think about. It's like you're literally just waiting for someone to mess up. And it's like, <laughs> who's going to mess up? Who's going to drop the ball? Because it's like, I don't know. I guess that's why, too, it's a, a big deal to, that uh, every move is timed. Because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you can't think so long. Mm -hmm. um, and that's. That is something because, you know, when you play certain board games and some of the heavier ones we've talked about, people really get the analysis paralysis. I think oh it's very gosh. important that it's like you set up a time. It's like, dude, analysis paralysis. you can't have 20 minutes. You need you need to make up your mind. The, the war is going on right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you don't do anything, you die. The, <laughs> the, the war troops, is happening. The troops won't get your orders, dude. They'll die. That's now, granted, funny. when you do that, right, at least for be me and you, we've always been friendly with each other. We won't mm-hmm. point stuff out. I was like, you sure you don't want to move that guy? It's like, oh, yeah, hell, I do. Exactly. Um, again, see, that goes back to like people that like win at all costs would never point that out. They'd be, they'd be sweating, hoping you would forget and whatnot. And then, and then they'll turn right around and forget something and be like, oh, can I like do this whole thing? You know, I know I just. Yeah, I should have did this three turns ago, but I, I, was, actually... I was gonna say, yeah, it's like I forgot to move twice with this guy. Uh, he's supposed <laughs> to be here right now, and it's like, and he should have killed all these guys. <laughs> yeah. So you just want to take those off the board, you know? That's crazy. But um, hey, man, how has it already been a freaking hour? That's crazy. Board games, man. Well. <laughs> It's a pretty big category, and you know, like we we were just reminiscing we, a lot on just the games we played a lot as kids. We didn't yeah, really like get, we didn't the even ones get off. Adults. We didn't even get off the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, man. Sounds like another episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> to maybe be continued at some point. Maybe. Possibly. Keep that in mind, folks. I hope you're taking notes. We have a lot of other topics too, so. Uh, it unfortunately. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, I was going to say it's fortunately, um, but we get like two, three new topics to add every time I think about these. I know, you know, and I already got a couple that I want to talk about to add to the list. So (laughs) So, I hope uh, this scratched the board game itch that any of these listeners may or may not have had, whether they knew they had it or not. I hope uh, we satisfied that. Hope you've been entertained. I know some folks just like listening to us talk. I hope you've so. been more entertained than you would playing a game of Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or or Settlers of Catan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I learned something new. I didn't realize that you were completely. Yeah, I over sold that, that game. game. Yeah, I sold. Oh my it. gosh. I sold it a couple of years ago. It's not even in my collection anymore. Dang. Which I, to the audience here, that's really saying something because I rarely get rid of things in my collection. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll save it for the next episode, but I had a game on my one of my favorite video game series for Dark Souls. I was very disappointed on how the game played and just Well, it was just way too crunchy, right? No, it was way too random. Oh, okay. Which is almost antithetical to the actual game where you like know how it's certain not outputs random. happen. Yeah. yeah. And not if a game's gonna be like like you said, super freaking decisive it and what's, would be that game what's crazy is i had another developer do a similar game with bloodborne where it's like mm-hmm. this is exactly how i wish dark souls was handled and it's like i know they could have done something similar and it's like this is much more fun to play well just take those rules and use the dark souls pieces oh i don't have them anymore i sold them there you go i was i was so disappointed I'm like i don't i don't want this game. <laughs> and i have the games i know what the games look like i have the art books i have the rule books i i can reminisce with that but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually made money good. believe it or not I didn't lose money off of that because there's so many Kickstarter exclusives from that oh yeah that I, uh, that. I, I made money back and then some off of eBay oh I'm sure <laughs> so but anyways board games pretty sure everyone here has memories if you want to let us know you can always add a comment down on the yeah I think that's a that's definitely a feature let us know what you think of the episode. And uh, we definitely do read them. So we'll 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 bring it up in episode two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we would read them <laughs> if we got any. If I had any. If I had any, I'd read them. This is so, what my trophy would be. This if is I the had first, one. This is the first. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that that show is old. Isn't that crazy? It is. It And again... You know, we could just have a whole episode of just cartoons of oh, right, how they were, yeah. where they're at now, and it's like we don't even need making... to talk about where they're at now. I don't <laughs> want to be. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to be a negative Nancy. <laughs> People don't have fun writing shows anymore. Oh goodness! Well, I hope y'all weren't bored from this board game. I've been kind of thinking about that pun this entire time, so I hope it was worth it.
worth it. <laughs> that slaps me on the knee. <laughs> but it's about that time, Luke, and it's always been a pleasure, but it's it's about time for these rising suns are now setting.